Welcome to the Totally Not Unhealthy Podcast, episode 10. This is kind of a special one because I've decided to do a solo episode. Um, I've never really broken down and gotten into detail about why I wanted to do this podcast, um, what it means to me, the purpose of it, and how that's all interconnected with my life, uh, both past, present, and future, and yeah. So I'm just going to get into it. I'm going to keep it very, very raw and real. I'm not going to edit anything. I'm going to roll this start to finish. So if I say, um, if I lose track of thought, whatever the case may be, bear with me. I just want this to be entirely real, transparent with all of you. And yeah. (laughs) So to get started, this idea... It wasn't really even mine per se. I'd spoken to friends in the past years ago. It kind of happened every every other year. The the idea kind of popped up doing a podcast or recording some conversations or this or that. And I was like, fuck, that's a good idea. I have good conversations with people all the time. It's amazing. <clears throat> so it was talked about. The seed was planted, but... It never came to fruition Uh, for whatever reason. It just never happened. Uh, Everything does happen, you know, exactly as it should, when it should. Uh, So here we are. Uh, I was having a conversation, let's say six, seven months ago-ish, give or take, with my mom. Last year was very, very hard for me. Probably the hardest year in my life. Definitely the lowest I'd ever been. And coming out of that, you know, still kind of having waves. Um, It's not something you you just, you don't flick a switch and you're good. It's really not that simple. Um, But as I was starting to dig my way out of the hole that I was in, you know, my mom came into the city I was living in. We got food one night. uh, Had a conversation and kind of just about what I was going to do. Because for a year straight... I've been laid off, Um, I'm not vaccinated, and that posed an issue. There was, you know, it was tricky trying to find employment and things were a little fucked for a while, so, you know, I stayed busy, I got into some things, but for the most part, I wasn't really working, so. Was trying to figure out what came next for me, what was the next chapter, and what that looked like. I had been pondering, you know, landscaping, as it was fall summer was around the corner i like uh working with my hands being outdoors and i appreciate hard work so i figured that would be a good start to get me moving and doing things again because at the end of the day movement and doing things and being present and you know doing more than rotting in your bed is a beautiful thing (laughs) so we talked about that and then she said something along the lines of like what makes you happy or what makes you feel fulfilled and conversation sort of steered to you know spending time with people having conversations with people because when I was laid off I had all the time in the world so I was doing a decent amount of you know meeting new people Um, You know, just going for walks, having conversations, you know, hanging out with old friends once in a while and catching up and getting into it. And it was it was fulfilling. It felt good, you know, to connect with people that was a good feeling. And it's something that comes natural for me. Um, I think, you know, I have a very grounding energy. Um, People feel comfortable or safe around me and, you know, could be for a number of reasons. I think it's because they understand that I can empathize with them and that there's no judgment. So because of that, you know, conversation just seems to flow freely. And when that happens, you know, when two people are present, when anyone's present and you're not thinking so much, but just doing, just existing, you know, that's when what needs to happen truly happens. When you can get out of your head when you can just exist in a present moment, that's when anything that needs to happen, you know, your your truest, most authentic self. Uh, 
and I've been having these, you know, beautiful conversations with people for, for years. Um, a lot of the time on psychedelics as well. And that, you know, takes a whole different spin, a whole different twist because, you know, when you're on psychedelics, your ego really gets out of the way. You remove the box that you're conditioned to be in over the span of your lifetime. Um, so you can really, um, you know, touch on the things that you know are buried deep, 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 because you're almost in a more open, real, vulnerable state because you feel safe, you feel authentic, like your subconscious can bubble up to the surface a little bit. Anyways, back to, you know, how the podcast started. I was saying that I enjoy talking to people, connecting with people. And I think I'd seen a um, TikTok or something about, I think it's, are you happy? Where some, you know, they just have interviewers go out and ask people, are you happy? Um, and we're kind of talking about the idea of just, you know, asking random people questions and seeing what they said. Or at the time, you know, being at the lowest point in my life, um, I was dealing with a lot of suicidal ideation. Um, that was something that, you know, wasn't, it wasn't out of the blue for me. Um, been happening since I was probably, you know, 15, 16, somewhere around there. Um, so we just discussed that, you know, there could be a lot of value and openly talking about that and other heavy things that, you know, we all deal with all of the time. Um, these are very real things that they don't get addressed, they don't get talked about, um, and it can feel very isolating for a number of reasons. Like, I know personally uh, from experience, when I've told people or made jokes like dark jokes about my mental state or where I was at, they would treat me different. And that kind of special or altered behavior and treatment, I hated it. I couldn't stand it. Like, I appreciated it. I loved and was so grateful that, you know, they cared about me and they wanted, you know, for me to be okay. But it kills me when, like, people are, they're inauthentic. And granted, you know, they, they're handling it to the best of their ability. But, you know, I've now placed a bit of this burden on them where they feel almost this weight to try to alleviate some of the burden that I'm feeling. You know, like, obviously someone's struggling if they're fantasizing about suicide and just not wanting to exist anymore. Um... It's, it's a heavy conversation, and because it's so rarely talked about, you know, it, it's just kind of this awkward gray space where, you know, we don't really know how to deal with it, and you know, we don't really know how to hold space for people in a lot of instances. Um, so that's kind of the premise of the podcast, you know, just have conversations with, you know, anyone. You know, a family member, a friend, a stranger, like a lot of people I've had, you know, episodes with, there have been people that I just met for the first time when we recorded. And on top of wanting to address real issues that we all deal with all the time, or, you know, just shooting the shit about the, the current state of the world, um, <coughs> like, there's a lot of value in that in and of itself, but I also think there's value in showing people how to communicate because at the end of the day, I think the biggest problem that we collectively face on this planet is, you know, miscommunication or the lack of the ability to communicate, you know, like all of the above, it, it really for damn near everything, and I would go as far as saying everything, every issue comes down to a lack of communication. Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess you could, a bit of a struggle if someone's a pig-headed and they don't want to listen to you, um, it's a little bit of a different story, but again, that breaks down to the inability to effectively communicate. Like. 
I'm going to backtrack a little bit and I think I'm going to take this in a direction where I speak to kind of my spiritual beliefs and the way that I perceive the world because it ties into this very much. So <laughs> I guess I'll have to go way, way, way back for this just so I can give a true context as to how I got to where I am. So I grew up with a mother and a father that never, they didn't close the door on spirituality, you know, like ghosts or like angels, like whatever the case might be. Um, they weren't like pushing it, but the door was open. You know, we, we had open minds and I think one of the, um, I'm not entirely sure in the timeline here which came first. I was I was pretty young for both these instances. Um, I had one day where I was you know sitting in the back of the truck driving to school, and I'm looking at the clouds. And the next thing you know, I see like these faces in the clouds that look like Mount Rushmore. I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and the next thing you know, like they're gone. I was like, oh my god. It was like it was just so very cool. Um, and then, you know, kind of delving just, I guess, into intuition a little bit. Um, we had a family trip. Same thing, like I said, I was young. I don't know if this was before or after the cloud incident. Um, and we're driving back in the winter on the highway. Um, it was, yeah, it was dark out. And all of a sudden, I just start bawling. I'm freaking out. I had to be maybe five or six years old. There's no fucking reason for it. But my parents are like, what the fuck is going on? And I'm throwing a goddamn fit like none other. Um, so they get off at the next rest stop. Uh, they get us some food. And I kind of level out and normalize and calm down. And it's like, okay, well, let's get back in the truck. Let's continue on our way home, whatever. And... Uh, when we get back in the truck, turn on the radio, turns out there was a huge pile up on the highway. It was like 20, 30, 40, I don't know. It was a decent size accident, big wreck on the highway, like the highway we were on. And, you know, given the time of it, we probably would have been like right in the thick of it. So I was kind of just, you know, and that's my parents pointed out. They're like, oh, shit, that's interesting um and then as i got older um you know i had a few little instances here and there where you know i would hear like ghosts in the house like for example uh you know, i was probably a preteen teenager at this point uh one very specific instance uh, you know I, I was in the basement i live in the basement three-story house um one morning, I w it was like 8 o'clock, had to be 8 o'clock-ish, something like that. Um, and I wake up, and I'm pissed off, because like it's the weekend, and I'm like, why the fuck are my mom and sister stomping around so fucking loud upstairs? Like, I hear them walking around clear as fucking day, to the point where I like almost got them, like, what the fuck are you idiots doing? Like, I was heated, like, why are you racking up all of this noise first thing in the morning? Um, and if, like, it kind of simmered out, and I just went back to sleep, and I was like, fuck, thank God. Um... And when I woke up a couple hours later, they were home, and I was like, what the fuck are you, were you guys doing ripping around the house so loud this morning? And they're like, well, we've been gone since, like, 7. They were out running errands, whatever the case might be. There was no one home. Uh, so stuff like that. Um, saw a ghost once, too. <laughs> I uh, like to scare the shit out of people every once in a while. You know, kind of fun. I had uh, one girlfriend. We would very specifically, I always try to scare the fuck out of each other, um, and I had the, the, she had this long white t-shirt, it was mine, she wore it all the time, um, I was at her place, and brushing my teeth, and it's kind of just like in a bathroom, you go out the bathroom, it's a hallway, to the left it goes to her bedroom, to the right it goes to the living room, and as I finish brushing my teeth and come out, peripheral vision, I see the white shirt and her leg go like running into the living room past the hallway over to where, you know, tucked away hiding. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to scare the shit out of her because like she don't she don't even know what's coming. And you jump around the corner. I was like, oh, 
no one there. Shit, you know, hair in the back of my neck standing up. <laughs> so, you know, little shit like that. So throughout my life, I, you know, I trusted my gut. You know, when I felt certain things, I would stand by that. Um, Any time that I didn't, uh, bad things happened. You know, a mess was made. It was just, it was gross. And it was a learning experience. And it was like, holy fuck. Um, So, you know, just over the course of my life, my intuition has gotten stronger and stronger and stronger. um, Simply because, you know, I've tested that feeling time and time again. Um... (laughs) tell you one really good story this one was one that was kind of eerie and just to the uh, I guess the efficacy of it it was just so potently amazingly like holy shit that would have probably altered the course of my life um, one night I think I was 19 probably 20 and I do mushrooms at home alone and I'm like dancing around my house naked I'm having a fucking great time I'm blowing off steam I'm having so much fun uh, I'm feeling amazing and at this point in my life I smoke cigarettes. So when I was coming down from shrooms, uh, you know, walk around, dance around my house, starting to realize I'm like, okay, uh, I'm sobering up. I'm, I'm okay. Like, I, I want to go get a cigarette because that's going to hit the spot. Drive was only like two, three minutes. It wasn't a far drive. It was all residential, just quickly to, to the convenience store and then, you know, good to go. So I hop in my car. No issue. Feel fine can drive fine I can see fine there's, there's no issue like I, I don't exceed my ability um, not something I do don't put my life or other people's lives at risk anyhow you know I start trucking along to the convenience store and all of a sudden I just I get this fucked up feeling I was like oh shit I'm like I shouldn't be driving oh my god what the fuck what the fuck I'm like stop 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 so I pull over like I said residential outside someone's house and I was like maybe three or four houses away from a four-way stop I get out of my car I lock it up and you know the convenience store is on the other side of the four-way stop so I'm pretty much there and it like I said not far it was like a 10 10 15 minute walk back afterwards but when I got to the four-way stop there was an undercover cop truck sitting there all the lights off engine running just sitting there you know night shift chilling just seeing what's out and about and oof, it's like fuck okay so that's uh that's what the feeling was for um yeah all right great um <laughs> so yeah and the uh the real big dive into really learning about myself and truly changing the way that i perceive myself and those around me and the world around me um you know, I kind of found myself in a rather toxic, debaucherous spot when I was you know, 20, 20 years, one years old. That's it's kind of the spot for most of us to be up to the neck of it in our shit. We're kind of coming into a young adulthood, still really kids and just stupid as fuck. Um, so at that point, I was living alone. Family didn't live in my city. I kind of was just flying solo. Um, and I just got out of a four-year relationship that was toxic as all hell. It was on and off again and just messy. Um, so when I got out of that, uh, right when I got out of it, you know, I, you know, I'd already been working out for five years at this point. I decided that he was going to take the plunge and play with steroids. So let me tell you, that felt like lightning hit the tip of my cock. I felt <laughs> like I felt like I was on top of the world. Like felt good um i went and financed a motorbike because you know i i I loved it and i still love riding and i loved riding bikes as a kid so you know get on steroids for the first time i'm single again you know i've got a lot of money i've got no debt i've got my bike i was on top of the fucking world i'm going out to uh you know clubs to shows just you know casually dating here and there kind of being a fuck boy um but realistically speaking, I'm distracting myself, drowning all of the emotional turmoil that was still there from, you know, it was my first love, really, um, first serious relationship, and it was done, and that was that was a lot. I'm a very emotional, sensitive individual, so 
uh, also didn't have the tools or the ability or the skill set to really process and deal with all of that. So what do I do? Party my face off. I get fucked up. Um, but a part of getting fucked up, um, I start playing with psychedelics. Uh, my roommate at the time, he put me in touch with this dude in BC. I uh, made chocolate mushrooms. They were so, so, so fucking good. And I'd done shrooms before, but that was a whole other level. It, it rocked me in the best way, and it was beautifully amazing. Um, so I got into that pretty heavy mushrooms. Um, and it wasn't a bad thing. It was just, it was still kind of being done recreationally. Um, kind of as a distraction and um, and eventually um, I touched acid and that is kind of it was the tipping point it you know I had an acid trip and I realized I was like fuck this shit will literally change my life this is going to make me a better person and that's kind of when the paradigm shifted a little bit to, you know, wanting to better understand myself, wanting to learn about myself, um, wanting to grow and to use, you know, these tools in like a more therapeutic way versus, you know, just this recreational fun thing. Um, so I started treating, I don't even like calling them drugs, like medicines almost. I almost started treating these things like you know, with the respect that they deserved and turning inward and utilizing them to their full potential. Now, don't get me wrong, still have my moments where I just want to get fucked up. Um, more so along the lines of pushing my limits, really, as I'm an individual that truly loves pushing limits and that's never going to change. Uh, I love to experience things. Um, but that's when, you know, I started having ego deaths and just seeing myself well that's uh we'll get into this bit i'll share a little bit of a tidbit here like um you know i've never no one's ever an angel for the entirety of their life um so i'll share this little bit of the story i mean i do have a book in the works so one day this is all gonna be out there regardless but that's a little ways off so here we'll give you a snippet um so after that four-year toxic on African relationship, I explained what I was doing. Uh, I eventually kind of ended up dating um, this girl. She was a total sweetheart, um, treated me nothing but right, uh, was actually a little bit hesitant to date me because she knew that I was kind of a world of trouble and a fuckboy. And, and she, yeah. Anyways, I started seeing her for about three months. And then we just make the relationship official and like... We were doing a lot of mushrooms together, you know, kind of having these very deep, intimate, you know, connected moments. So, like, we had this very beautiful relationship. Uh, I felt like we really knew one another. And we did, really. We really did. Um, so, at that three-month point, um, we go to a show together. And lo and behold, I see that toxic ex there. Um, didn't really think much of it at the time, whatever. The ex then reaches out to me via email think I had her blocked on everything so that was the course of communication uh, she gets into some shit about missing me or whatever like it just shocked her when she saw me and me being the stupid fucking Claude that I was you know let's let's go meet her and have a conversation um, pretty obvious Murphy's Law like you know you <laughs> set yourself up in a situation where shit can happen, shit is gonna happen. Um, so I cheated and wasn't awesome, not at all. Um, I actually ended up in a spot where, you know, I didn't, it wasn't just the cheat to fuck. I, you know, that was my first love. I thought, you know, maybe, maybe this time, this was the time that we can make it work. Like, fuck, maybe, maybe this could be a thing, have that life together that, you know, I envisioned. Um, so I was pondering what to do and, you know, I thought that, you know, we were really going to take a crack at it and make it work. Now, the sweetheart that I had just started officially dating and been seeing for three months, um, I knew that she'd been cheated on before. Uh, I didn't want to, you know, just drop that bomb on her again. So... I got the methodology and what I came 
my plan, if you will, if I was gonna, you know, see this through, make it work, like I, I was just gonna break it off, tell her that I wasn't over my ex, um, and then play that out. And when I had the conversation with her about, you know, not being over my ex, being a little head fucked, not sure of what I wanted, what I was doing, you know, she she teared up and she told me that she just wanted what was best for me. She wanted me to, you know, figure out whatever I needed to figure out. Um, and I was awestruck. I was like, holy fuck. I don't think, you know, I'd really felt that kind of a love where, you know, someone put me before themselves because you know, I didn't feel that in that first relationship. So I was like, holy shit. I realized I was fucking up. I was like, what the fuck am I doing? So I owned it. I, you know, a day or two later, I told her what I did. Um, and that broke her, rightfully so. And it, it broke my heart too. It was f fuck of a lot. Um, that was a, a brutal fucking go for me too because it was two parts of this. The toxic ex, she still thought we were going to get together, back together. And after having that conversation with the current girlfriend, I was like, I'm fucking up. I should be staying with my current girlfriend. So in one swift motion, I rebroke the heart of my first ex. And I broke the heart of the girl I was currently seeing. And I was fucking devastated over that fact that, like, you know, I was just this piece of shit that fucked up both of these individuals that, you know, I loved them both. Um, and, you know, the current girlfriend, that, that was kind of what we were doing. We are getting into psychedelics and this, that, and the other. So, you know, after a week or two, she decided that, yeah, you know, she was going to try and forgive me. Uh, we were going to try to make it work. And that was, that was tough. I, you know, rightfully so, like she was doing her best to forgive me, but, you know, I broke her trust, you know, I inflicted all this pain, um, but tying this back and the relevance of the story is like, we did acid together, you know, I think the first or second time we'd seen each other again, I worked out of town. Um, so shortly after, you know, saying we're going to try to make this work, we did acid together. Um, and that was fucked. Like. When you're on mushrooms or acid, uh, in the same sense that I'm sure many of you can, you know, pick up someone's vibe or their energy, when you're on a psychedelic, you, uh, I've, I've literally had instances with people where I have, we mutually have telepathy. Like you can fucking read their goddamn mind basically because you can feel what they're feeling so deeply. So her and I sitting there after I cheated on acid and that's like a 10, 12 hour trip. And we got into it because I could feel that, you know, this was weighing on her so heavily and like rightfully so. How the fuck would it not weigh on her? So we got into it and there was a lot of crying and a lot of tears and a lot of talking. And it was very, very heavy. And, you know, I felt all of that. I felt all of the pain that I caused her. Um, it was heartbreaking. It was terrible. Um, so it was at that point where, you know, obviously you can come to these realizations sober, I'm sure, but, you know, to get into something like that with a psychedelic, to truly feel it as if, you know, like, like I'm her, I'm feeling what she's feeling, like verbatim to the fullest extent and the fullest depth of it, that's a fuck of a lot. And... You know, uh, I, there's really no words to explain the impact that that kind of experience will have on someone. Um, you know, after that, I there's no way in fuck. Like I, I never thought I would be someone to cheat, but it happened. And after it happened. I felt, you know, the extent of the pain that that caused. And 
you know, I saw it even after the fact in, you know, the little, like, you know, our struggles, our conflict, our strife after just because of, you know, my actions. So they're very powerful in terms of, you know, being able to better understand yourself, being able to understand someone else, to connect with them. Um, and I think I should probably, uh, I'm sure some of you are curious, you know, this wacko says on his podcast, he's like, this motherfucker had telepathy? Are, are you fucking retarded? You smoked way too much crack, bro. And it's like, <laughs> I get it. It sounds totally fucked. But if you take it back a few paces, um, take it way back. I'm sure damn near everyone listening has had, you know, those moments where you think about someone, they pop into your head. And then they text you, or they call you, or, you know, you're hanging out with someone, and you both go and say the same thing at the same time, it bonds over, it just happens, and, yeah, so, it's like that, on steroids, because, you know, just like I was mentioning earlier, you're so much more in tune with yourself and your environment when you're on psychedelics. Um, I believe it was Aldous Huxley. Uh, he explained it in one of his books. Uh, and he is an individual that's, you know, very, very intelligent. He's written a lot of books on his experiences with psychedelics and his perceptions of, you know, them, how they work, how they influence the body. And I believe he explained it like this. So when you're sober, you know, we're these spiritual beings living a human experience and we are born of love of the universe as we are one with everything so we're also living this human experience and with that we're in our physical bodies our human physical bodies and those are not designed to process all that is you know the universe and so on that's a, a fuck of a lot you, you really can't encapsulate that and then you know even the most super of super computers you know take some time to process fucking data that's a fuck ton of data so anyways at any given time you know sober for example he explained it like a faucet you know the faucet's pretty it's it's closed tightly you know there's, there's this odd little drip of water and that drip of water is just like you know, your sensory information of the environment, of the universe, of everything around you coming through. But when you take psychedelics, that cracks the faucet a bit. You open the faucet and much more comes through. And that's a very eloquent, very beautiful way to describe, you know, how psychedelics influence you. Now, granted, different drugs influence you in different ways but for the most part i think that's a very beautiful way to paint a picture of you know how psychedelics influence you so coming back to telepathy um this is rare this hasn't happened much maybe four or five times in the entirety of my life over you know that's four or five times maybe i don't know 200 300 trips something like that i don't really know i don't count um but yeah, with, you know, it, it was people that were very close to me. Uh, we had a very strong connection. Uh, we're very much on the same wavelength. Had, you know, both of these individuals. Um, well, all of them except for one. Uh, I'd done psychedelics with them a lot. And um, yeah, the first time it happened, I was like, what the fuck is that? Actually, the, the one girlfriend that I happened with we uh, we kind of felt it before we, we kind of acknowledged it i spoke to it and she's like i didn't really know how to word it because you don't want to sound crazy and she's she was kind of like yeah i think i felt that too because um, it, it's not like you're reading someone's mind it's like a feeling you feel how they feel so deeply that you understand what they're thinking so one specific instance with this girlfriend um you know, good ways into the relationship, many trips together. Um, I, it was happening again. It was a weird trip. It was very intense. Uh, and we're laying there. And I can't remember specifically what it was, but I felt her think something. And I, like, responded to it accordingly, aloud. I vocalized it. And she just started screaming. 
and freaking out and like kissing me and she's like oh my god because she thought uh you know like that's that's so rare that's so amazing it's like you literally just experienced telepathy with someone um she thought like fuck we're these we were these two star-crossed lovers that we're gonna show the world or just show the world this amazing you know the whole thing the whole experience love rules all that in and of itself was uh, a bit of an issue and problematic and caused some ruin because uh at the end of the day you can have these beautiful moments and connect with people when you're truly present um, with anyone it doesn't mean you're star-crossed lovers destined to change the world uh <laughs> Anyways, uh, back to telepathy. And then I had one instance with a very, very good friend of mine. Um, very, very sharp woman. Um, very spiritual. She's actually someone that, you know, kind of embarked on this exploration journey with me. The, um, the exploration of exploring, you know, um, ourselves, uh, the universe around us, and psychedelics. And um, I experienced it so clearly with her one night that... It freaked me the fuck out, cause I was I was even laughing and she was laughing like fucking maniacs. Cause I would I'd be like, get the fuck out of my head, you goddamn nerd. And as soon as I thought it, she just started fucking giggling like a fucking maniac. I'm like, oh, this is so weird. It's like, you know, you test it over and over again. You just wait. And you'd say something, and then like, oh, it was so weird, so cool, so amazing. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, th there's so much that you know, psychedelics can do in terms of making you more aware of yourself and the world around you. Um, and personally for me, you know, um, just growing up and seeing the world for what it was at a young age, I was very cynical. I was very jaded. I was very bitter. And, um, you know, I had ways of depression. Um, uh, I was resentful and I was angry and you know, it's not a good way to be. It's not healthy. You know, I was numbing myself out with weed. Uh, I was just doing whatever I could to really not acknowledge any of my shit. Uh, but it was when, you know, I really started pushing the envelope in terms of, you know, learning about myself and those around me with psychedelics that, you know, a new leaf kind of fell in the effect of, you know, perceiving the world and myself uh, with much more awareness from a viewpoint of love versus you know some of those heavier denser energies like hatred or anger or frustration um, and I made it a goal for myself you know after getting into these drugs where you know I was like this is so beautiful and like a lot of these trips that I had like I was sharp like a fucking supercomputer i was like it wasn't messy it wasn't sloppy i was like clearer than i'd ever been before and i felt more natural than ever um and i made it a goal to bring that kind of awareness and state into my present sober reality and i think over the years i've done a relatively good job of that um you know and with that um you know for example i'm you know, I, I can pick up what people are feeling or what's going around, going on around me very, very well to the point where it's kind of like, holy fucking shit. Um, and it's fucking cool. And it, it gives you a lot more security and confidence in yourself because you know what's going on within yourself and you know what's going on with other people. And what gets so many of us in trouble is you know because we're these spiritual beings here having this human experience you know we are not our thoughts we are not our emotions we are here perceiving and experiencing so you know like for example um you know a, a very hateful negative group of people or family could live in a house and then you know they move out and you move into the house you will soak up that fucking energy, those thoughts, all of that energy that they leave behind. So, you know, it's the fact that there's so many people that don't realize that, you know, how 
all of this is in terms of you know just being energy and how things like that are very much real you know it, it can result in a lot of confusion to the effect of you know you start having these um you know maybe depressive or you know darker or ugly thoughts or whatever and the next thing you know you're beating yourself up you're feeling like shit. you think you're a horrible person because you're having these thoughts and you don't have the awareness to realize that you are not these thoughts and you just simply need to ground yourself and that like it's okay and you're not a bad person you know like yeah acting on these thoughts that's a different story but entirely different story but just you know having these moments perceiving these things these experiences like it's okay and you're fine and there's so much going on around us all of the time that you know said we're, we're here living this this human experience in this body and it's we're limited in our ability to pick up what's going on around us in its entirety so you know we can do our best and in order to do our best we need to be calm we need to be clear we need to be grounded so we can sit there in the present moment and discern and perceive what it is we are feeling that's you know what I work at every day to you know be present to be grateful you know that I'm here that I'm experiencing this experience like uh, don't get me wrong it's not all rainbows and sunshine I still have bad days just like anyone else like we all do um, you know with the universe with with everything this world that we live in it's cyclical, you know, in the exact same way that you and I take a breath, the universe takes a breath in and out and there's highs and lows and there always will be. But I think, you know, one of the biggest takeaways from, you know, that year of kind of agony for me where I was at my lowest of lows, I felt so deeply horrible, absolutely horrible. I wouldn't wish that on anyone. It was, I just, you know, I would just lay in bed sometimes for a full day, struggle to eat any food because I just, I didn't want to exist anymore. But the depth and the intensity of that feeling was fucking astronomical. It was, it was like I felt nothing before. And now in the exact same effect that, you know, we have these highs and this lows, this breath that's in and out, as is, you know, with our own personal lives, um, collectively humanity around us and the universe in, you know, uh, totality, because I had the opportunity and the ability to feel those lows so, so intensely, I now have the capacity and the propensity to feel my highs that much deeper as well. And that's a very beautiful thing because I can appreciate those high moments so, so much more. I can really sit in them be grounded, be present, appreciate them, cherish them, love them, feel them to, you know, the fullest extent. There's a beauty in that. And, you know, if, if there's anything that I want to communicate to anyone that listens to this podcast, it's that, you know, we, we all live these very unique individual and different lives you know we we've all experienced different things we've had different upbringings um, that have shaped us and made us who we are today but at the same time collectively we're all experiencing things collectively as well and a lot of the things we go through and a lot of the little things that you know we might think are unique and specific to us you know in someone else's own unique way they're also experiencing the same thing you know maybe someone born into a very rich family um you know silver spoon they were spoiled rotten and they just they don't have this appreciation for money but okay they're fucking filthy rich or uh, what could come of that you know maybe one example they you know they never know who to trust they've got people in their lives that you know just want to use them for their money that in and of itself is it's huge, it's hard, it'd be hard to deal with, you know, not knowing who you can trust and just, you know, not feeling like you have really any authentic 
genuine relationships with people. That's that's a fuck of a lot. It's a lot to deal with. Um, you know, opposite end of the spectrum. You know, someone's poor. Um, you know, they don't have anything to give. So they know that anyone that's fucking with them is fucking with them for a reason. They're fucking with them for them. And that's genuine and that's authentic. But at the same time, they're struggling to make ends meet, struggling to feed themselves. That in and of itself is also a problem. The point I'm making here is, you know, oh, let's just put this like, what is that? Like some fucking Adam Sandler movie where it's like, life is like a circle. It's like a circle. Um, and no matter where you are on the wheel, you know, if, if you're up top, top being wealthy and the bottom, like poor, poverty, whatever, no matter where you are on that wheel, we all have challenges. We all face things every single day that, you know, that we have to deal with. And these things are not light. But what we do control in this life is how we perceive things, how we react to things. And, you know, if there, there's anything that can come from this podcast, it's just that, like, you are not in this alone. I truly believe that, you know, we all are one. Now, don't get me wrong. There's some dumb motherfuckers out there for sure. 100%. Absolutely fucking retarded. Part of my French. <laughs> but in the same effect, I stand true to that we are all one. Um, you know, that absolutely asinine fuck that you're like, God damn you piece of shit. Um, I truly think that there is something that you can learn from everyone. And, you know, I'm not going to spend my time around that individual. But at the same time, I'm not going to judge them. Everything in their life that led up to, you know, this moment, you know, it shaped them and made them the way that they are. Um, you know, do, do I care to necessarily dig deeper and ponder and meet them and, you know, want to become a part of their life so I can better understand them? Nope, absolutely not. I don't need to. Um, and we all have the sovereignty and the ability to decide what we let into our lives. But, you know, I can interact with these people and, you know, I, I can still love them. I don't hate them. I don't resent them. I'm just like, oh, fuck, whatever. And, you know, it's like water off a duck's back. Um, I think that by not soaking up their energy by not, you know, absorbing and letting that lower vibrational shit impact you and your resonance. You know, if you were talking to young me, 16-year-old me, whatever, I was like, fuck this, fuck that. One person can't change the fucking world. This is fucking bullshit. You know, it's fucked anyways. I'd be like, I litter, and I'd be like, who fucking cares? The city's litter. So what? But now... You know, after doing so much work and just perceiving the world and like from such a different lens, um, I truly believe that like one person can change the world, and it works to the degree that like you know you can continually work on embodying an energy of love, of gratefulness, you know, of you know being present. And just truly, truly grateful. And that energy, that frequency, that, that high vibration, you know, that, that light, light, beautiful energy, you know, cumulatively, you know, if, if one person is vibrating, you know, that beautifully, like just radiating love in the exact same way that the shitty people can influence you and you fuck you up, the fucking person that's radiating nothing but love, you know, they're going to they're going to perk you up, too. They're going to cheer you up. They're going to make you feel better. And coming back to, you know, you know, making the world a better place, living in a world that, you know, you're happy to be in, you're grateful to be in, it simply comes down to how you're perceiving it. And, you know, that's what I want to get at with these episodes. That's what I want to get at with this podcast. And I want to do it in a very realistic, practical way where, you know, I have these conversations with people. And, you know, there's no judgment. We just learn of one another. We talk. We discuss why we are the way that we are. Things that we're doing, things that are happening to us, our internal state and the world around us. And 
collectively, we can all come to understand, you know, like even despite all of our differences and our nuances and our quirks and everything that makes us unique, end of the day, we are all still one. We're, you know, all interconnected and there's beauty in that. And yes, I think, you know, our differences and those nuances, they should be celebrated and appreciated. But at the same time, we live in a paradoxical world where, you know, yin and yang, you, you have, you have both. It's a paradoxical world. You know, we have these differences. The point being, you know, if there's anything to work at, to pursue that's worthwhile, um, you know, you have the whole cliche, the pursuit of happiness, but like, what is that? I think it's, it's truly practicing being present so you can just exist and to be and to appreciate and be grateful. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think that was a bit of a tangent. And looking at my phone, we're coming up on close to an hour. Um, so maybe I'll just fill you in on some of the uh, upcoming planned podcasts because, you know, I have some amazing guests that, you know, I plan on talking to. Um, one in particular, um, have a Middle Eastern co-worker, amazing man, very intelligent. Plan to sit down with him and have a conversation about racism. Um, you know, talk to a female tattoo artist that's, you know, had her own know battles and challenges in terms of you know substance abuse and you know kind of the struggle and the challenges that she faced getting into the tattoo industry as a woman um, so I've got a lot on the docket and lots that I want to get into um, I really do want to use this outlet as you know something to bring people together so you know, if you're listening, don't ever hesitate to message me or to leave comments on the Instagram. You know, if you want to have a conversation, you know, and if you are local, uh, I'll do my best to facilitate that. Um, I'm still a little bit iffy on the remote recordings unless you're someone that has, you know, a microphone or something of quality of yourself so that we can try to preserve the quality of the podcast. Um, but yeah, really just, you know, this feels good this feels right and in terms of how i'm now choosing to live my life and this is you know uh something that i would prescribe and recommend anyone follow what feels right even if it's fucking terrifying even if it scares you shitless you know even if you, even if it doesn't make sense if it truly feels right to your core fucking do it and stick with it and keep doing it so long as it feels right. And that, you know, you can't go wrong with that. You're going to live a very, very beautiful life and it will not steer you wrong. <laughs> and I think I'm going to leave that to be the end of the podcast. So thanks for listening and I'll catch you next time. <laughs>